Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Thank you, Father. Come on, can we lift up our hands for a second if you feel comfortable with that? Father, we just love you today. We thank you today for this time in your house, in your presence. We thank you for a wonderful baptism Sunday. Thank you for lives changed, people's hearts being transformed. We thank you for this day that we can honor you and worship you and lift you up. We come in complete unity and one accord this morning in your presence. And we thank you that we will receive all that you have for us today. And if I could for a second, I know most of you guys know this because you watch the news. Uh, in the past few weeks here, uh, there was a shooting in Louisville at a bank. And uh, one of the core values of Church on the Rock is it's our region, our responsibility. And so uh, if anybody's going to pray about it, it should be us because that's where we live. And uh, I know there's even people in our church that work in the banking industry. And uh, we just want to pray for their families. But we want to pray for our region for a second and our nation. So could we do that to today together? Father, we just lift up to you right now uh, this region. And we thank you for your peace and your comfort and your healing to be upon the whole city of Louisville and southern Indiana. We pray for the, the families affected by this shooting. We pray for your supernatural peace and comfort to guard their hearts and their minds. We thank you for healing for those who have experienced trauma and pain and hurt. And we pray that you would heal them from the inside out. Father, we pray right now for our region that you would bring healing you bring healing to our nation the father god that we would as a nation we would turn back to you that we would repent of things that have been wrong and we would turn back to you as a nation and that we would seek you and your word says if we would seek you and repent and pray that you would heal our land and you would heal this region and father we're standing in the gap right now and i know many other churches are too and we're praying right now that you would bring healing to those situations. And Father, we pray for wisdom for all the governing officials in this region, but in our country, that they would have wisdom to know how to deal with these issues. That they would have wisdom where, where people could come into agreement, Republicans and Democrats, to, to make a better plan for this country to move forward. We pray for supernatural wisdom and divine guidance that people would listen to your spirit and, and get in unity with, with each other and get into one accord. And we pray for it right now. And Father, we just, once again, we lift up every family affected in this area and we thank you for your peace, your supernatural peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding, the peace of God that comes in. The world can't give that kind of peace, a peace that, that surpasses their feelings, surpasses their minds, and it guards their heart and their minds in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the supernatural peace of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit to be with every family affected in this shooting. And we pray for everyone in this whole entire region, this community, Father, that, that your peace and your comfort would be upon them as well. Thank you for bringing healing to this region. Thank you for, for bringing wisdom to our leaders. And we thank you for it today. Does anybody agree with that this morning? Come on, I said, does anybody agree with that this morning? And Father, we, we thank you for doing it. We thank you that we're going to see change. We're going to see new things happen. We're going to see healing come. And we thank you for it today. And Father, we thank you for what you're going to do in this house this morning. Speak to us from your word. Help us to receive it. Help us to be responsive to it. We come excited. We come in unity and one accord to hear your word today. 
And we're going to leave different from the way we came in because your word is alive. It's full of power. It's able to change us from the inside out. We thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Everybody said? Amen. You can greet a few people and be seated this morning. Are you well today? Yes. yes, you are. Are you excited? It's Baptism Sunday. Yes. Hey, if you got uh, your Bibles with you, let's look at, um, we're going to start in Matthew 28 and verse 18. Matthew 28, and we're going to talk about baptism this morning at Church on the Rock. So if you got your Bibles, Matthew 28. Thank you, worship team. You did a great job as always. You always bring it. Matthew 28 and verse 18, this is Jesus speaking. It says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, talking to his disciples and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. And if you're Jesus, you can amen yourself. Y'all going to work with me today or not? Okay. Jesus said, though, to his disciples, go, therefore, and I want you to teach people, and I want you to bring disciples and baptize them in the name of of Jesus. So today, if you're taking notes, it's going to be a real simple message, but I want to talk about the importance of baptism since it's Baptism Sunday. I want to talk this morning about baptized into Christ, baptized into Christ. So this morning, we want to talk about baptism and why it's important, why it's significant, and what does the Bible say about it. Now, the goal of this message is not only to encourage the people that are getting baptized on they're making a good decision, right? Because they're making a good decision, right? Um, and encourage them in that they would have faith for what they're doing. But also, I'm believing, because we already have about 12 people signed up, that after you hear this message, you're going to want to get a dunk. In the back as well. I mean, because I, I could be here all day. We got shirts. And so as many wants to come and get baptized, I say, come on. We'll, we'll find you a shirt. We'll figure it out. And if the, if the whole sanctuary and the back area gets wet, it's all right. It's just water. And so uh, I'm believing when we preach this message that you will have faith for why baptism is important. But how many of you know you have to teach and preach about something if you're going to have faith in it? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't hear about it from the word of God, you will never have faith in it. For instance, if, uh, you know, we're going to talk about healing and uh, you don't know whether God is a healer or not. How do you fix that? You have to go to God's word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that means somebody needs to teach you about healing ongoingly so you understand that it's God's will to heal you. So whatever subject we're reading about in the Bible, if you need faith in that area, you need to hear God's word on it. Now, that could be something you read, but also mainly it comes by hearing it by someone else anointed to preach to you about it. So today we're going to talk about baptism and why it's important. Now, it's important to know why we believe what we believe. Now, many people 
um, go to church, go through the motions, do what they do, but they have no faith in it because they don't know why they're doing it. That's not okay. A lot of times people go to church and they do the same thing the same way week after week after month after month after year after year and they never change and they never really get much. Why? Because they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Now, I realize uh, I'm a second born and a second born is someone who doesn't follow the rules. Any second borns in the room? Yes, I love y'all. I'm not a firstborn. She's a firstborn. She's a rule follower. I don't like rule followers. I will not do it just because you told me to do it. I will ask you why, and you better have a good reason, or I'm not doing it. That's just me. I'm not saying I'm right about that, but secondborns, they're awesome. I'm just saying. But it's important that we don't just follow the rules to follow the rules. God doesn't want you to do what you do just because you got to do it. Put your head down and do it. He wants you to know why you believe what you believe because there's a good reason why God is telling you to do something. And a lot of times in churches, they've been taught religion on you just need to do this and you just need to do that. And they never know why. So they never change. And their heart's not in it because they're just like, I'm just doing what I'm doing because this is what I'm supposed to do. Nah. You should not be like that. God has answers in his word. It's important that we know why we believe what we believe. We need to know, for instance, why we give. A lot of people don't give in church because they don't really know what the Bible says about giving. We need to know why we pray. We need to know why we go to church, why we're here today. There's a lot of reasons in your Bible why you're here today. We need to know why we should serve. We need to know why we should read the Bible. It's important that we know why we believe what we believe. Can I get amen in the house of the Lord? We need to know why we believe what we believe. So today, we're going to talk about baptism. I can tell by your response, you're very excited about it. I am. The people that are baptized are. But I believe you're going to be excited about it by the end of this message because you're going to know the significance of it and the importance of why we need to be baptized. Are you with me? You want to hear what I'm going to say today? Okay. Baptism, in your Bible, the word baptize simply means to immerse. When you get baptized, you're immersed in water. It's a very simple term, but when we talk about someone being baptized, they are immersed in water. Now, baptism is one of those things that we see in your Bible that Jesus told his followers to continue to do even once he went back to heaven. He went to be with the Father. He told his disciples, especially these two things, communion and baptism, that they should continually do that. And when they would do that, it would remind them of what he has done. When, for instance, when we take communion, when you take the bread and you take the juice and you eat it, you're reminded of the body and the blood of Jesus and what he's done for you. So every time you do that because Jesus commanded us to do it, you are reminded of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. But he also commanded us to be baptized. And baptism is when you're immersed in water. And when you're immersed in water, it's symbolic of you being buried with Christ. And when you come out of the water, it's symbolic of you being resurrected with Christ. 
But both communion and baptism are critical for all believers. The early church did it, and still 2,000 years later, there's still things that we need to do as a church community because they remind us about what Jesus has done. Like any other thing, if you don't have faith in why you're doing it, you won't get much out of it. There's many people that eat the cracker and take the juice and just got a snack. Right? See, when I was a little kid, they used to have like the big old wafers when they passed it. I would just take like a whole loaf. I have no faith in it. I wanted a snack. I'm like, are these shot glasses, these little juice cups? Because I'll take 10 because I need to wash down the loaf of bread I just ate at communion. Many people take communion and you could eat the juice or eat the juice. You could eat the bread and drink the juice and get nothing out of it because you have no faith in it. Same way with communion, same way with baptism. You could be dunked many, many times. And trust me, I've dunked many people in my backyard pool many, many times, and they didn't get anything other than annoyed. Because you got to have faith in it. But when you have faith in communion, when you take it, it works. It's supernatural. God meets you there. God's presence is there. It's the same way when we baptize people. When you have faith, God meets you there. In simple obedience, his presence is there. And it's not just you getting wet it's supernatural. But it's important we do these things. And I think God decided that we should do things like this because, you, you know, with faith, it's based off what we do, do not see. It's not based in our senses. But there's things that we can do, spirit, soul, and body, that remind us of what Jesus has done. Communion is a whole body experience. Baptism is a whole body experience that we experience and it triggers something not just in our heart but in our mind, in our body about what Jesus has done. And it reminds us of his sacrifice, of his death, his burial, and resurrection. Are you with me today? So let's get into it. Trying to get you warmed up today. You're running a little cold this morning. Is it the rain, guys? What is it? It's a rain. It was sunny yesterday. I realized that. Let's talk about the first reason, and I got four reasons today why we all need to be baptized and what's the significance of it. The first reason is this. Jesus was baptized. I think we could go home after that. That's a good enough reason for all of us. Jesus was baptized. Now, if you are saved and you've received Jesus, the goal is to follow Jesus, right? That's kind of all over the scriptures, that you want to follow Jesus and you're becoming like Jesus. So if we're going to follow Jesus and become like Jesus, we're going to do what Jesus did. And Jesus was baptized. So one of the main reasons we need to get baptized, we all need to experience this, is Jesus was baptized. Baptized. Now let's look at a verse here. Luke 3, verse 21. Luke 3, 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens was opened up. And the Holy Spirit 
uh, descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. So we see here in the scriptures that Jesus was baptized. And if you know the story, uh, John the Baptist, who was his cousin, he asked him to baptize him. So Jesus went into the water and John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And it says when he baptized Jesus, the Holy Spirit came down and was poured out upon Jesus. And God spoke from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So we need to believe this and we need to follow Jesus' example. If Jesus was baptized, we should all be baptized. It's important. The second thing is Jesus commanded all his disciples and all who believed in Jesus to be baptized. It was a command, not a suggestion. Jesus said, you need to do this. This is important. This is significant. Now, let's read Matthew 28. We read it at the beginning. This is one of the last things Jesus says before he ascends back into heaven. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Isn't that good? Jesus commanded his disciples before he went to heaven to baptize all the believers that would come after them. Now, if Jesus commanded his disciples or his followers to be baptized, we should all do it. Now, baptism is this. It's a public expression of a personal decision. But it is important, hear me this morning, to go public with your faith. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Now, let's deal with this because we're saying that baptism is a public expression of a personal decision. So many people say this all the time about their faith. Well, my faith is a private matter. No, it's not. If it's real faith, it's not a private matter. It's a personal matter, but it's not a private matter. Faith is very personal. It's very intimate. Yes, it's between you and the Lord, but it's not private. There's nowhere in the Bible that says keep your faith private. You know why you keep your faith private? Because you're in fear of what other people might think about you or what other people might say about you. But if it's real faith, Jesus says you need to go public with it. You need to not keep your faith private. It is very personal, but it should never be private. You need to be bold about your faith. You need to be public about your faith. And notice I didn't say obnoxious on Facebook. But your co-workers should know that you believe in Jesus. Your family should know that you believe in Jesus. Your friends should know that you believe in Jesus. Your classmates should know that you believe in Jesus. Not in an arrogant way, not in a prideful way, but if you love somebody, you will talk about them. I'm about to preach on this baptism Sunday. 
It's not a private matter. You hear so many politicians, oh, they love to say that. Oh, that's it. My faith is private. No, you just don't want to be canceled. That's why you're not talking about it publicly. It's fear. No, if it's genuine, you will be public about your faith in Jesus. You will tell others about Jesus. And baptism is a public expression saying, I'm going public with this. It's a very personal decision I've made in my heart, but I want to show an outward expression of my love for Jesus. And so I'm going to show it publicly. Some would say it like this, that the Bible says that Christ in the church is like a marriage. That's what it says in Ephesians 5. But you know what baptism is? Baptism is the wedding ring for the believer. It says, I'm with Jesus. I belong to him. And I'm not going to do it privately. I'm going to do it publicly and say, I belong to Jesus. That's what baptism is. It is the wedding ring for the believer that they belong to Christ. And I'm not ashamed to say it. And I'm going public with this. And yes, my faith is very personal and intimate. And yes, it's an inward decision I made in my heart. But I'm going to give an outward public expression of my love for him. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. None of us should be ashamed of Jesus. Jesus was not ashamed of us. We should not be ashamed of him to go public with our faith. And that's what the early church did. They went public with their faith because Jesus commanded them to. He commanded them to. Now, you got to understand this because we live in the Bible belt of America. If we could look up the least persecuted group of Christians on the planet, it would be us. There's no reason not to acknowledge your faith. Think about the early believers. When they went public and got baptized, that could mean that they would get their heads cut off. That could mean that they would be thrown into prison. That could mean that the Roman government would find a way to kill them because of their faith. Just because they made a public profession of their faith by being baptized. If the early church believers for hundreds and hundreds of years could do that, I think we could do it in America with no persecution. I think we could go public to our coworkers and to our friends and to our family and say, I'm going to get baptized because I want to go public with this. And I'm not ashamed of him. And I'm not scared that I'm going to get canceled for loving Jesus. We need to be bold about our faith. If we're not bold, how will anyone else know about Jesus? But baptism today, all these wonderful people that are getting baptized, and we got kids, we got teenagers, and we got adults. All of them by doing this is saying, I'm going to go public with my faith and say I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Saying I belong to him. I belong to Christ. And I am committed to him. Baptism is a public expression of a personal decision. But we got to go public. We see this in the early church. There was a pattern. It's real simple. You believe, then you get baptized. You believe, then you get baptized. 
You believe, then you get baptized. They did that to every believer in the early church. No matter where they were, they would find a creek if they had to. They'd find a pond if they had to. They'd do it in a river if they had to. They'd find a body of water and find a way to dunk you if they had to dunk you in the well. Because baptism was significant to the early believers. Why? Because they remembered Jesus commanded them to do it. They believed and then they were baptized. Now let me give you another verse to prove my point here. The first day of the early church, Acts 2 and verse 38. This is, Peter was just done preaching a message to these people. There was people from all over the world in Jerusalem at this time celebrating the day of Pentecost. And notice at the end of his message what he says, Peter, who was the leader of the early church. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. Notice what happened. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Those who gladly received the word. What does that mean? They believed. Then what happened next? They were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Think about that. The first day of the church, 3,000 people believed. That's a mega church, by the way. And all 3,000 of them got baptized. How many of you know that was a good baptism service? Hopefully Peter got some help because I don't know how he did 3,000 people. Unless he was going. (laughs) One, two, three, four. But I don't think he could do it. He had to get the rest of these disciples, which there was 120 at that time. 3,000 people on the first day of the church. What's the pattern? They believed and they were baptized. They believed and they were baptized. And 3,000 people got dunked in the water, immersed on the first day of the church. Are you with me this morning? And they've been doing baptism ever since that day over 2,000 years ago they believed and they were baptized here's another thing about baptism I want to share with you this morning baptism symbolizes Jesus death burial and resurrection it symbolizes Jesus death burial and resurrection let's read a verse here Romans 6 verse 1 The Apostle Paul speaking to this Roman church, he says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined, listen to this, with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined in him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life 
as he was. Now, if that doesn't make you shout, I don't know what verse will. Now, we just did have Easter, by the way, last week. So you still got your shout with you, don't you? Baptism is a symbolic sign of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And the scriptures say that when you were baptized, you died with Christ. But then when you came out of the water, you were resurrected with Christ. Into not an old life, but a new life. And it says if you died with Christ, you will be raised to life with him. And that's what happens when you get baptized. And that makes me want to get dunked again. When you were under the water, it's symbolic of that's you dying your old life. Your old ways of thinking. Oh, you thought it was just water. No, you're committing. When you go under the water, the old you's gone now. The old ways you've been living, the old ways you've been thinking, the old ways you've been talking, the old friends you have, the old things you've been doing. When you go under the water, you have been buried with Christ. And you're burying that old life, that old way of thinking, that old way of living, that old way of being. You're putting it to death with Christ. But then when you come out of the water, you're being raised to life like Jesus was into a new life. A new way of being, a new way of thinking, a new way of talking, a new way of living into, the Bible says, newness of life. And it says, if you died with him, then you will be raised with him. That's what baptism is symbolizing, that you died with him, you were buried with him, and you have risen with him. But that happens when you get baptized. In the same way Jesus resurrected, when you come out of that water, you're resurrected as well into a new life. It's not just water, it's supernatural. Hear me this morning, it's not just water, it's supernatural. If you got faith in it, there's something supernatural that happens. I'm not saying the water saves you, the water doesn't save nobody. But if you got faith in it, it's, it's an outward public expression of what Jesus already did in your heart. But there's something supernatural that happens that marks you when you come out of the water. That you've been raised to a new life. And you leave all that old stuff in the water. You leave it buried. You leave it dead in the water. So you can be raised to a new life. Are you with me today? So baptism is significant because it symbolizes Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And in one sense, it's like you reenacting that in the water. You go under, you are buried, you die. When you come out, you're raised to new life. Here's another thing about baptism. When you're baptized, you're baptized into a new family. Into a new family. Look at what it says here in Galatians 3, 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free nor male nor female 
for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Let's jump back to verse 27 if we could. For as many as you, as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. And notice what it continues to say in verse 28. There is neither Jew, nor Greek, nor slave, nor free, nor male, nor female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. When you get baptized, you get a new family. You get a new family. Now, the Bible says that, yes, you have an earthly, natural family. You got a biological family you came from, and that's important. Some of us got great natural families. Some of us got, let's not talk about it. Y'all got those people in your family too? Maybe you are those people. You're like, no, nobody. You're the person. You are that person. If you don't have anybody, you're that person in your family. Just trying to help you today. That's you. And you have a biological family you're born into. But the Bible says when you're born again or you give your life to Christ, It says you've been born again. You've had a new birth. And when you get born again, you're born into a spiritual family. Just like you, when you were born naturally, you have a natural family. When you're born again and receive Jesus in his work, you have a spiritual family. When you get baptized, it's symbolizing you're born again into a new family. The Bible says that you are all now one in Christ. And that family, back then, it says that there's Jew and Greek. Now, those, those are the two major divisions. Some were religious, some were not religious. It was even racial divisions. And it says slave and free because in the time that Paul lived, there was 50% of the people were slaves. And it was not based on race back then. It was based on money. So there was people in their early church, 50% of the church were slaves. And 50% were free. Then it says male and female. That's another division there is in the church. But the Bible says when you've been baptized into Christ, you are all one in Christ. You're all united in Christ. It's not about who's religious or not religious. It's not about who's white, who's black, who's Hispanic, who's Asian, who's... No, that doesn't matter anymore. We are one in Christ and we're in one family now. It's not about whether you're male or female, rich or poor, Republican or Democrat. You are one in Christ. And because you've been baptized, you were baptized into a new family. When you get baptized, you come into the family of God and you get a lot of brothers and sisters. Like two plus billion of them. Isn't that cool? Some of you guys who, who haven't experienced that today, when you're getting baptized, you're adding two plus billion people to your family. Because that's what the Bible says. When you're baptized into Christ, you get a new family. And we are one in Christ. Isn't that awesome? You're baptized in your new family. That doesn't mean forget your old family. I'm not saying that. But you've been added a spiritual, supernatural family, which the Bible calls the body of Christ, the church. And you have been given a new spiritual family. The Bible says it like this, that when you come into the family of God or the house of God, that we should treat the older women like mothers, 
The older men like fathers, the younger men like brothers, the younger women like sisters. Why? Because you get into a new family. This is not, I just go to church with them. We're friends. We're acquaintances. Uh-uh. No, when you come into Christ and you're baptized, you get a new family. And hear me this morning. I'm not just saying us in here. I'm saying the whole church. We're just one of many, many churches in the world. That's your family. Graceland, that's your family. Northside, that's your family. All the billions and billions of believers around the world, that's your family. And you get to be a part of a new family when you get baptized into Christ. It's your family. And we are all made one in Christ because of what he's done. Jesus has broken down the barriers between race, money, politics, whatever else we choose to divide ourselves with. And we are all one family. Hear me this morning. I think we would treat each other differently if you treated them like family. You know, you wouldn't argue with those other Christians on Facebook. I said other Christians on Facebook. Why? Because that's your brother. And that's your sister. Y'all putting the family mess on Facebook. You wouldn't argue with your coworker who's a Christian too the way you do and getting these big fights. Because why? That's your family. You can disagree and still love each other. But when you're in Christ, you're baptized into a new family. I got a few more things and we'll close this morning because I'm ready to dunk some people and dunk on some people. Let's put a little, put a little basketball hoop in the, in the baptism for me today. Brother Darrell, could you come play and we'll, we'll close here in a second. I want to share a few more things about baptism. Let me take a drink real quick. You still here with me? Some of us have said, it's just water. It's not that big a deal. Well, there's something happens when we have simple obedience towards God. Supernatural change happens. If you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you see time after time after time again of God asking people to do something that was really simple. And then there was a supernatural change that happened afterwards. Morgan talked about one during the offering. She could say, well, God, I didn't want you to tell me to do that. That's simple. And he said to do it. And when she did it, there's a supernatural change. All throughout the Bible, time and time again, God tells people to do stuff. And most of the time they argue with him. No, God, I I would like to do something bigger. And he's like, no, just do that. And if you do that, there'll be supernatural change. Because if you can't do the small thing and obey in that area, he's never going to tell you something big to do. So it's not just water. It's simple obedience. And when we do the simple obedient thing and we have faith in it, there's a supernatural change that takes place. When we have faith, something happens. And it's not just natural, it's supernatural. You know, um, and I got a few more things to share today 
I'm trying not to cry here because I've been thinking about this all week. But you'll just let me cry, won't you? If I need to cry, you know why I do? Because it's real to me. Church is not just church, not just religion. It's real to me. What we do is real to me. Baptism is real to me. Prayer is real to me. Worship is real to me. So if I get emotional, I'm sorry. I'm an emotional person. Some of y'all could use some good emotion. You're too dry and stoic and serious. I mean, God needs to shake you up sometimes to move on your heart. If you don't cry about anything or laugh about anything, you got an issue. That's not even my message, but you received that today. It is. What does that say? That you got a hard heart. Something, and I get it. If enough bad things happen to you in life, you just turn off your emotions. I get it. I've tried to do it many times. It works for a little bit. But that's not a way to live. I'm just going to turn off my emotions because I've been hurt too much. I went through too much trauma. I went through too much pain. So I'm not going to cry. not going to laugh. not going to be expressive because it hurts too much to do that. There's no way to live. There's no way to live. That's not my message, but that's free as your pastor today. But I want to tell you about the first time I baptized somebody. Now, I baptize a lot of people in my life unofficially. Do we have any church kids in the house? Any church kids that grew up or, or grandkids that grew up in, in church? When you grow up in church, it's like, tell me you're a church kid without telling me you're a church kid. If when you get in the pool, you automatically think, let's baptize people. You probably grew up in church. <laughs> You've probably been at too many church services. And the first thought is, let's baptize as many people as possible. So unofficially, I baptize hundreds of people. Hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. I've dunked a lot of people in the pool through the years. Some wanted, some not wanted. I baptize a lot of people. Um, but if you go to church and you're raised in church, that's just in you. You're thinking, hey, we're in the pool. Who wants to get baptized? But the first time um, I really baptized somebody officially was uh, at camp several, uh, several years ago. And uh, it was before we started doing the big baptism days at camp every year where everybody would get in the pool. And uh, I'm sorry. About a decade ago or more, um, I was a youth pastor. I'm still the best youth pastor, by the way. I just got to say it. Amazon and Morgan are pretty good, but. Hey, look at the fruit. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, but when I was a youth pastor and young adult pastor, there was like a bunch of people that started coming from my U.S. That's how we got Michael. Beautiful person staff member 
hundred times better looking than I am, so he makes me very self-conscious in staff meetings. But That's how we got Michael, graphic designer. That's how we got Amzie. We got Amzie through a chili cook-off dinner. He didn't want to come to church. He just needed free food because he was in college. That's how we got Jessica Bach. That's how we got Anthony. So we got a lot of people. So during that period of time, there was a lot, a lot of young people coming from my U.S. And we'd have Corey nights, and there'd be 100 people outside. There'd be 150 people outside playing volleyball, having parties. Every week at the Corey, we'd have big events. All these college students coming. And uh, a lot of those people are now leaders in our church. But is it okay if I talk to you for a few more minutes here? You still here with me? Several years ago, though, uh, one of those guys came to uh, camp with us, and um, his name was Brad, and uh, he was very tall. He was like six five, and he was sincere. and I, And I have never baptized anybody officially till that time. And so me and Brad were at camp, and one afternoon he said, uh, Pastor Jordan, I'd like you to baptize me. And I was like, like, like a real baptism? And uh, I was nervous about it because I was thinking, I don't think I've ever officially baptized anybody. Um, I'm like, how does this really work? I want to do it and not just be like a goof or a joke. And so I was trying to think of what does dad say when he baptizes people? I'm like, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Put my cross on their head and down they go. I was trying to think of how do we do this? But I was nervous. I was nervous to baptize Brad at camp. And it was, nobody else was around. And I said, well, I guess I can. He goes, well, I really want to get baptized. And I'm like, well, I've never really baptized anyone officially. He's like, well, you're a pastor. <laughs> yes, I guess I am. I am a pastor. I forget that sometimes. Yes, I am. I can do this. So uh, me and Brad walked towards the lake, Country Lake, out in Henryville. And of course, he's 6'5", so I take Chad with me. Because I'm like, if me and this brother 6'5", goes under the water, we both going under the water. We just both. And I don't know if I can get him back out of the water because this man is a tall man. And... Um, so I was nervous, and really, before we got in the water, I felt like, I don't know if anything's going to happen. But you know what? Simple obedience. And it was weird, because once again, I baptized a lot of people unofficially and felt nothing. But when I stepped into that water, and I'm not saying this has to happen to you or it's not working, but when I stepped into the water, I felt God's presence on me. And I was trying not to cry. I didn't feel emotional until I stepped into the water. Chad was trying not to cry. Of course, me and Chad trying not to cry together is not a good combo. <laughs> it's like, you stop crying. No, you stop crying. Okay. We're tender men. I just got to say that we are. Uh, so... We get in the water and simple obedience. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know how to do this. But so we get Brad, he's 6'5 or 6'6. He was tall. 
And uh, I just said something real simple over him. Do you, like, have you received Jesus into your life? Uh, have you made him your Lord and Savior? And he said, yeah. And so I prayed for him. I said, buried with him in baptism, raised to walk to newness of life. He came out of the water. And God's presence was there. That's the first time I ever baptized anyone officially. Why? Because simple obedience leads to supernatural change. I, I was skeptical until I walked into the water. Not that skeptical that baptism is real. I was thinking, I don't know what I'm going to feel or how this is going to go. But when we did that, there was supernatural change that take place. And it marked me and Chad. And it marked Brad the rest of his life. And that was the first person I baptized. Now, don't get nervous. I've baptized a lot of people since then, guys. Um, but I want to share this this verse that we read earlier about Jesus and I want to speak this over all of us in here but especially those who get baptized Luke 3 22 and I feel like God brought this verse back up to me this week and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased I feel like God brought this verse back up to me this week about baptism, and he wanted me to speak this over you today, especially those who get baptized, but to all of you in here who have received Jesus. And I felt like God said to me, go read that again about Jesus being baptized. So I did. And then he started speaking to me, and I was thinking about this. He said, well, if you're in Jesus, I see you the same way I see him. So if the father said this over Jesus at his baptism, the father saying this over us at your baptism today. This is what he's speaking over you. And I want you to hear this this morning. Even if you're not getting baptized, this is what Jesus is saying over you. You are my son and daughter. When you get baptized today, think about that before you get baptized. You aren't a slave. You aren't just a friend. You are a son and daughter of God. The father spoke to Jesus and gave him his identity. And if you know whose you are, if you know you belong to him, that would give you confidence. That would give you faith. That would give you stability. You know, they say in the natural, a father's words to their child shapes their identity. How much more our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, when He speaks over us and says, you are my son and daughter, it gives us confidence. It gives us boldness. It gives us security knowing that the Father's words have shaped my identity. You with me? So that's what God speaks over all of us in here today. You are my son and my daughter. But then notice what He said, in you I'm well pleased. He gave the son, Jesus, his affirmation. How many know we all need affirmation in here? Does anyone just like just working and working and working and living and living and no one says anything? That's one of the most frustrating things to me in the world. But the father said to the son, not only are you my son, but he said, in you I'm well pleased. Do you know that Jesus hadn't done anything yet? Nothing. Jesus hadn't done a miracle yet in the Bible, but he said, I'm well pleased with you. Why? Because you're my son. 
You're my daughter. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to get to a place where you're worthy of it. You're a son or a daughter by birth and not by your worth because of what Jesus has done for us. So think about that today. If you're getting baptized this morning, the Father says over you, you are my son and daughter. That's your identity. And you, I'm well pleased today. That's affirmation. He's saying, I believe in you. I'm for you. You're doing a good job. You're heading the right direction. In you, I'm well pleased. That's what the Father says over us today. And lastly, it says the Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And I believe the Holy Spirit will come upon all of us in here when we're in that back room and we're baptizing people. Now, just because you don't cry does not mean that God's not there and not moving on you. But I believe the same Holy Spirit that came on Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that comes on all of us as believers. And the Holy Spirit comes to do what? Give us empowerment. The Holy Spirit comes on us to empower us to do what we're called to do. In the same way the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus to empower him to do his ministry, the Holy Spirit comes upon us to empower us to do what we can't do in our own strength. And I'm believing when you get baptized, the Holy Spirit's going to come and give you a new empowerment to live a new life, to make better decisions, to go a different direction, to make the changes you need to make, to pursue your calling, to fulfill what God has for you. The Holy Spirit comes upon you like it came upon Jesus with empowerment. The Bible says the Spirit of God comes to give us the power and desire to do God's will. When we can't do it in our own strength, in our own ability, that's why he gave you the Holy Spirit to empower you to do it. To empower you to live a new life. To empower you to live the way that God wants you to live. And the Bible says, just like the Holy Spirit, it says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. To give you that power to give you that new life. In the same way the Spirit of God gave Jesus new life and resurrected his body is the same way the Holy Spirit resurrects us and gives us new life. You with me today? You guys get something this morning? So, as we close here, we're going to pray here in a second, but we're going to go back in the fellowship hall, which is in the back building, and... Um, I'd love for all of you to come back there. You don't have to, but I think it would be important to. So uh, my sister and Michael and a few other people, they're going to be in the back. If you've already signed up to be baptized, uh, she's going to have your shirts with you, but, or shirts for you. There could be other people in here that say, after I heard that message, I want to get baptized. Great. We're ready for you. We have extra shirts. We'll go find a shirt. I'll go to Myers and buy you a shirt if we run out of shirts. If you feel like you want to be baptized, you can be baptized. You didn't have to sign up ahead of time. So there's at least 12 people I know that are getting baptized, but I believe there'll be many more because your faith has been stirred up that you need this today. And all of us are going to go back there and rejoice with them, right? Celebrate with them. Celebrate their decision. So... If you could, right after service, go right in the back. My sister's in the back. Raise your hand, my sister, in whom I'm well pleased. 
Um, uh, and you can go with her. She'll give you a shirt. We'll go find you a shirt if we didn't have one for you. And we will go in the back fellowship hall and have a time of baptism. Sound good to you? Sounds good to me. Let's do it, church family. Baptism Sunday. Let's dunk on some people. I'm excited about it. Come on, let's stand and pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you today for this time together. We thank you for this time in your house. We pray right now as we go in the back and we see people baptized that our faith is stirred up. Our faith is engaged this morning. And we believe life change will come out of this baptism. That we will be new after we come out of the water. That all those things that we spoke about today will take place. Death, burial, and resurrection into a new life. We thank you for all the people that have decided to get baptized. We rejoice with them as a church family. We want to support them and we want to welcome them into the family of God. And we thank you for all you're doing in this place today. And we thank you for all the people that have come today to hear the word of God. May it remain in our hearts and grow and become stronger and stronger. And we thank you for a wonderful baptism Sunday in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.